Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of Worldwide Knicks Podcast, your home for international Knicks talk. Omar here alongside Rafa and Alex. How are you guys doing today? Oh, wonderful, Omar. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you brought up, brought right up the, the cheer when I said something about it. You know, <laughs> right in the middle of a pandemic and got a crap team to follow, cheering us up. Just a PSA to the listener. It took 14 episodes, but we got Rafa drinking on the podcast. So, <laughs> Uh, th- yeah, thanks, sit- thanks, Nick's. You know, appreciate yeah. that. I'm sitting right opposite my whiskey. Uh, it's pour it up, man. Pour it up. <laughs> it's, okay. about it. it's my first glass, so I'm good. I'm still good. Uh, Rafa, what are you drinking, though? Seriously, uh, uh, I'm kind of curious well, now. It's it's a liquor. Just uh, I will show it to you guys. It's a Portuguese thing. Uh, it's Beirondora. It's uh, it's stronger than my. What I usual drink, so but it's kind of a whiskey, but a whiskey. sweetened one. Yeah, sweetened whiskey. So it looks like the bottle when you first pulled it up reminded me of uh, something they sell here, which also whiskey is uh, Maker's Mark, red top, and I think your thing had a red line, and then just kind of uh, reminded me of that immediately. Uh, all of our U.S. listeners will probably know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, let's get into it, man. Uh, yeah, it's another another rough week. One and three. The team goes one and three. Two blowout losses against Indiana and uh, earlier this afternoon against the Bucks. Lost Indiana on a bad back-to-back after San Antonio, which was a win. Got the win against the Spurs and a uh, tough loss on what was it Friday against the Raptors. So, Alex Stark, you man, what were your thoughts there about about this week? Well, yeah, I mean it started off so well. I had a good feeling actually about for some reason about that Spurs game. Yeah. Well, the Spurs have been playing really well. I thought we we would match up well with them uh, because it was it was on the road as well. We're playing so much better on the road. Yeah, and it, it it was such a solid game. Which, considering what's come after, the rest of the week's been such a mess that yeah, it was just a, like a, a super solid. Every quarter looked good. You know, I was really uh, you know it was a great win. You know, and everybody was quite positive afterwards. And then. Yeah, just just went off a cliff after that. I didn't expect anything from the Pacers game for obvious reasons. It was a strange road back to back, and not a close one either. It really showed. I know these guys are professionals and you know super fit, but the yeah they looked they just looked a step slow. But the the Toronto one was the real killer for me. I, mm. Yeah, that was that was a that was a that was a tough one. As I said last week, I, I, I really hope we nick that one because I thought we really owed him one. Yeah, it was so close at the end. Obviously, such a dreadful start. And I think it, I think we won every quarter. I think we won the second, third and fourth quarter. Just I don't know what was going on in that first quarter. So a uh, real, real disappointing one, that one. And despite Julius not being exactly clutch player, I, th- I did think that shot was going in at the end for some reason. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really want to talk about tonight's, tonight's game particularly. <laughs> I mean, it's like you. We talked before the before we start recording. Alex is you and I. I think all three of us. I think we all just basically assumed that okay, we could probably beat San Antonio, but that's a rough back to back against Indiana, and Milwaukee's just probably the second or third hottest team in the league behind Golden State and Phoenix right now. And you know, the real toss up was Toronto. That was the game that we. Uh, we didn't really, we didn't get. So, uh, Rafa, what, what were your thoughts this week? I mean, it was a, a, a rough week. Yeah, we, you guys are, have covered it. That back-to-back to me was horrible. 
I think I, th- I said in the group chat we have that whoever came up with that back to back from Texas and Antonio to Indiana should be fired. All that talk about uh, oh let's uh, players give him some rest and we have been playing back to backs all tremendous amounts of back to backs every team has but uh, I mean it wears down on the players especially tips players. But yeah, the game against the San Antonio, I think we it was a good game against Indiana. We were it was uh, yeah, it was a terrible. We had no they had no 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 fuel left to come up to, to finish that game or even make it a game against the Raptors. That first quarter just we're down twenty on the in the first quarter. You can't win games when you start off like that. Because we, like Alex said, we had the three first, uh, the three other quarters, we won them. We were, it was a good game. I mean, after conceding 31 points in the first quarter, we held them to 19, 19, and 21, the rest of the quarters. So our defense came back. So you came up, uh, you came to, uh, back from, from 20, you tied the game, and then you just leave yourself to go down eight again. You just don't get that momentum. And the team has no confidence in themselves. You, See any other team that you go in the blow up, uh, you get back from a 20 point lead. I mean, you're going to win that game because you're not going to stop. And they, okay, we're t- we tied the game and we stopped. That Julia, I think that Julius three, I was standing up saying, okay, it's in, but it's basically it sums up the, the next season this year. It's a good shot, wide open shot, rims around in and out and doesn't go in. So yep. many shots have we seen this. So many big shots that don't, they're not big shots because it, it's in and out. RJ had a decent look as, as well. Not a, a, the best one, but it was short. Uh, it, that game was uh, the deal breaker. And this game against the Bucks, I mean, no Obi, no RJ was playing good. Both of them are playing good. And Burks has been really serviceable in the, in the, in the point guard position. It was a tough, it was, it was tough with all th- the three guys. And without those three, it was, it was impossible to 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 get that game, but well, Grimes tried to keep it, keep it close. Yeah, to be fair, they put up a bit of a fight at, at one point. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, not not just Grimes. I, I, I was just going to point out. I don't know how much of a, a Boogie Cousins fan you are, but I quite enjoyed his stat line tonight. And near on twelve minutes, he had no points, four <laughs> rebounds, two turnovers, three fouls. <laughs> I thought you were about to give me the Tony Snell uh, stat line real quick. <laughs> Zeros across the board in 20 minutes yeah. of play. <laughs> uh, one thing I kind of want to talk about, guys, is um, after Julius missed the shot, you know, they got that that picture of, or video of him smiling. And I've seen that smile before. Any of Anybody who's played sports before has seen that smile before. And that's the, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened smile. How did that not go in smile? You know, yeah. where it's like like Mello used to do it. A lot of players have done it. And, you know, he's getting killed for it. You know, everybody's like, oh, look, this guy's happy. He doesn't care. He's laughing because he got his money anyway, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what was your, um, I guess, takeaway from that and also the discourse that has happened after that photos and videos came out? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's absolutely nothing. It's just uh, you, you can't tell. That, that guy's not hurting, you know, that 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 didn't go in that kind of thing in the moment that he did, you know, it's 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 absolutely nothing. You know, it's not like he's kind of 
laughing at the situation. Do you know, it's he's not like laughing at his performance or anything like that. He's just a yeah, it's it's almost just a like why can't this go in? Do you know, like uh, like why can't yeah. this just go for me for a change? That's that's all. Rafa mentioned there about you know just things bouncing out and just not quite going your way. I mean, it's something like that that could have just turned a season or turned a made it into a bit of a run, you know, and given the whole team a bit of a confidence boost. But it was just a yeah, we just need one of those to go in, and yeah, especially against the Raptors, I think that would have made a big difference. Yeah, I agree. This is it's it was basically the same reaction I had. Just as I, st- I stood up, my fists up, it's going in. It didn't. It didn't. And I, I just started laughing. Oh come on! And I, I laughed because that's that's the shot. And probably he will, he would hit that shot, man, maybe eight out of ten times. But he missed that one wide open. It was terrible defensively played by the Raptors. Great play by RJ, by the way, just getting into the, the paint. Everybody just, okay, RJ. I mean, it was bad defense from the, the Raptors. It was the look we needed, and it didn't go in. And that laugh is just, when that luck isn't in your side, I mean, you're going, you, you have to laugh. He, he missed a shot. If he laughed, people would jump on him. If he started swearing at like a sailor at someone, people would get at him. People are trash talking him because he is complaining to referees. People are complaining to Randall in general. It's back to year one, Julius. Yeah, he can't win right now, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. Everything he does is just getting looked at with this kind of a microscope. And in that vein, speaking about people on social media overreacting and fans getting crazy, the team, I think, is what one and seven their last eight or one and six their last seven, something along those lines. So when that happens, Nick's Twitter comes out with the trade machine. And so we kind of wanted to take a little bit of time here and look at some players that are being thrown around as trade targets for the Knicks and uh, see if those are players that we kind of want to see in uh, in orange and blue. So let's start with a player who I've liked for a long time and I've, I've thought that Knicks should, should acquire. So I guess you know where I'm going with, with uh, this guy. It's uh, Kings point guard, De'Aaron Fox. So what do you guys think about the potential of bringing him in? Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a great player. I mean, I, I know he's got a bit of history with <laughs> slagging <laughs> off the Knicks. Um, so, so have lots of players over the years and, you know, it's quickly forgotten if they start, start, start doing the business on the court. I'd I'd love to have him, you know, a bit. Well, as with probably all of these trade uh, rumors, it all comes down to cost and what people actually consider fair value. Which, I mean, I know that that franchise is a is a mess, but he's one he's one of the major major successes in the draft. That yeah. you know they're going to want something good. I mean, you put, you put yourself in the Kings' uh, shoes. They're just like, oh yeah, we're just going to give you give you our, our best player from the last 10, 10 years or something for nothing, do you know, for Kevin Knox and some second round picks, do you know? Right, right. It just doesn't work like that. I think all of these teams, if we're, if we're going to be good enough, they're going to want one of our good young players for a start. We talked last week about how picks are extremely overrated. Um, certainly if, if you're seeing yourself as a playoff team, and especially once you acquire a player like that, that kind of boosts boosts up probably where you're going to end up in the table. Maybe not going to make you a contender, but it's maybe going to make you a playoff team 
yeah, picks are going to be in the twenties. Do you know? I mean, that's it's not a huge selling point for for the team that's buying. Uh, yeah, we've got the Charlotte picks and things as well, but they're they're a playoff team as well. I think they're better than us right now. So no, exactly. So um, it's not hard. <laughs> you've got to think in these kind of star trades anyway. I'd consider him a star, not a superstar, but he's a star. Yep. They've got to want RJ quickly, Obi, all these kind of guys. You know, so it's whether you want to give up give up one of them. That's the main thing. And I remember way back in the summer when people were talking about Lillard, and I know we're going to talk about him again. But they were just like, oh, no way would I give up RJ. And you're just like, well, <laughs> you know, you've got to understand that a lot of our players are, you know, we we overvalue them because we see the potential. We don't see what they're actually producing on the court right now. Whereas a team that's buying, a lot of the time they'll just be like, well, what's he done? Do you know? Because the league's full of guys like that that are full of potential and full of good players but not quite made the leap yet. But they, that's a risk for them to take on. Like take RJ for instance, he hasn't actually really achieved very much. Um, yeah, he's got bags of potential. We can see that, but that's all it is at the minute is potential. The way I see it, all these guys that are mentioned for uh, trades. To me, when you go out after a big name or Fox or Lillard, like you mentioned, will they make you a championship team? Because that's what you want. Because in, in our minds, we're already a playoff team. So you, if you want to trade, you want to trade to be a contender. The thing is, people want, uh, for, for years, people want to, ah, let's build through the draft. Let's build through young players. And we have that now. We have a lot of young players on the team. Obviously, we have some older players, veterans, that will help the, help them the young, help guide the young players. If you want to trade the young players again, if you trade for a 32-year-old star that, uh, or 30-year-old star that's around, I mean... You'll give us, yeah, you'll have a star for two, three years. You'll make the playoffs and then he's gone and you don't have young players again and you don't have the picks because you needed to trade a hundred picks for a guy like Damian Lillard. For example, I, I, Lillard's the big name that people talk is he, he wants out of, uh, of Portland. How many picks and how many players would Portland want for Lillard? For a guy like Jandre Fox, uh, uh, Aaron Fox, sorry, uh, Aaron Fox, the, the Kings would, would want uh, a lot because like Alex said, it's their best player. So as much as I would like to have Jerry, uh, Aaron Fox running the point guard, he's, uh, I mean, he would he would make us better uh, all around. Would I be willing to give up two or three picks quickly, uh, probably Mitch Grimes or McBride or whoever, because they will they will want a lot of a lot of players, a lot of assets for Aaron Aaron Fox. The only way I see is not giving up too much and getting a, a good player a great player in return is a, a three-way trade or maybe a four-way crazy trade but we maybe someone needs uh, mitch or a, a center for i'm saying mitch but uh it's because he's the guy people talk about more mitch somewhere somewhere else and that other team sends uh, the what portland might want for lillard or uh, for what uh, sacramento might want for fox because it's i mean it's hard when trying to jeopardize your future because you can be a playoff team for a long period of time or for a short period of time with that. I don't think Jet and Fox with this team playing with Randall or RJ and Noel would make us a contender. So I don't know what's the point for that trade to happen. Um, so, Ralph, are you saying that you wouldn't trade for Darren Fox? Or it would depends. you considering the, the trade? It depends on what 
on how much, how many assets would uh, the the uh, would the Kings want? And I think they would want the, a bucket filled with assets. I think it's that's too much for a, a player that's not going to make you a contender. Okay, so I'm going to say if De'Aaron Fox is on the market, you go ahead and get him. So here's the reason. First of all, <laughs> the Knicks, I don't know, the Kings have basically shoved two middle fingers in his face. Two drafts in a row, they draft a playing guard. Davion Mitchell this past draft, the one before with Halliburton. So already the Kings are saying, oh, maybe maybe you're not really the answer. They also had a bust in Marvin Bagley at power forward. So if you're going to make a trade to get Fox, Obi Toppin is the centerpiece of that deal alongside draft picks. So you have to ask yourself, do you want a potential star level point guard or do you want to keep Obi? As much as I love Obi, you got to give me a chance to get De'Aaron Fox. I'm, I'm taking that chance every time. And it, it depends on what are the other pieces, of course. I mean, that's where you, you mentioned, you know, the, the younger talent like the Grimes or Kevin Knox for salary filler and stuff like that. But, yeah, a lot of these trades are going to require RJ as a piece. And that's another thing. But I think for the Kings specifically, I think they really want a front court player I mean, does that mean that they also want, but they don't really need a center either because they have Rashawn Holmes. So, but yeah, if there's a way that you, if it, if it costs OB, I think you, you consider it, you know, for, if, it, if that's me, if I'm the Knicks I'm, and De'Aaron Fox is legitimately on the table, yeah. I definitely consider it. What about his contract? Because he's just, he's just extended and it's, a, it's quite a big contract. Right, and that's why Julius took less money, right? Because you were expecting the fact because he wanted to acquire a player that gets that contract. So Fox is that contract at that point, and then you'd have to worry about paying RJ in a couple of years. So, and all intense, all all signs right now point to them not re-signing Mitch in the offseason. So that's money that's saved. You know that goes towards the the De'Aaron Fox cap hit. I'm just saying if he's on the table, he's a high-level point guard that's going to do stuff that Tibbs wants, which is a a relentless driver to the basket. Mm -hmm. And that's what De'Aaron Fox is. That's why he benched Kemba, right, because he wasn't getting at the basket with a high-level proficiency. De'Aaron Fox gets to the basket whenever the hell he wants. He's just That's just how quick he is. So uh, for me, it's a yes. Let's um, let's shift the conversation, though, to uh, to the – I guess we could do these guys together. Uh, the Portland backcourt, which is uh, I've, we've seen some trade suggestions for CJ McCollum. We've seen and we've been hearing about Dame since the offseason. Uh, so, Alex, what do you think about the prospect of bringing one of those two guys into the fray? Um, first of all, I mean, do we want to give some credit or even some discredit to um, what the actual trade proposals have been? Some of these crazy trade machine. Well, I'll let you handle that one, Alex, because you've been you've been all over that. So, <laughs> well, I need to look them up. But and 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 um, I mean, sure. I mean, you, Lillard's going to be what is he thirty one, isn't he? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not the end. It's not the end of the world. I, what the what the real worry is this two year extension that he wants, which mm-hmm. I think it was hundred million or something over yep. two years. I mean, that's on top of the. I think he's got three years left or something like that. So I mean, that's taking take him towards his late late thirties, paying him fifty million a year. Do you know it's it's a scary thought, but 
it's it's there's always going to be something with these with these superstars that you can get. There's always going to be a, a risk involved. I think the 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 ones like LeBron, for instance, LeBron signs like one two year deals, which is great for the fact of well, what if he breaks down or what if it doesn't work out or whatever. But then the the risk is that you know he could just gut your roster, gut your future. And then just leave and go somewhere else. Like if he decides to go back to the Cavs or something, or <laughs> then he's left you. He's left you with nothing. You've traded away all your good young players and your draft picks, and then he just walks out the door after one or two years. Do you know that's that's the risk with that type of contract? Whereas Lillard or Fox, who are now on these long term deals, that you've got that bit of security there that you can maybe move on from it. On the face, of it, I love Lillard as a player. He's an amazing player. Um, again, he's he's dreadful defender, which might be not to Tibbs' liking, um, especially if he's having to gut his roster for it. So, yeah, I don't on the face of it, I don't really want it. I don't think, but you've got to take you've got to take that jump somewhere. I mean, there's not that many free agents coming up. There's not many there's not many great options even for trades uh, right now. So. So here's the uh, the the most popular Dame theory or potential trade is Knicks get Dame and the Blazers get R.J. Barrett. They'll be topping Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, and three first round picks. So in that scenario, do you trade for Dame? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I mean, we spent so long saying that we want to do this kind of slow rebuild sort of thing we've had one one good season you know when Rick Tibbs has come in and turned the whole place upside down and it's suddenly like panic mode of right we need to get a star right now a superstar right now and give, giving away everything that we've just taken um, a bit of time to build up so I mean who would that actually leave left over so it'd be see this is the big thing as well so but- you'd have Julius Mitch you would still have Knox. You would still have Grimes and McBride. You still have Sims. Uh, you'd still have Noel. You still have D Rose. For, Fournier, right? Fournier, yeah. yeah. No, Fournier. Fournier mm-hmm. wasn't part of this part of this package. So yeah, you still have Fournier. So your starting lineup presumably would be Dame at the one. So you got rid of R. So Fournier at the two, or and then you probably would insert Grimes in the starting lineup more than likely, right? And then you would have yeah. uh, Noel probably starting at center, and um, and Julius at the four, and That's, off the bench you would you would still have uh, you probably have Deuce, you would probably I mean, have other, uh, Rose. That the other thing. problem is that sorry, uh, Lillard sitting there going, do I really want that? <laughs> do you know? Well, it's, it's the same back. situation basically. He was in Portland. Oh, yeah. the first round turnstile, you know. That's the thing that gets me. Everybody, we've said here that everybody's against Randall, right? But all the trades, we want to trade all the other players around to get a, a, a point guard to play with Randall. So, but so we don't trust Randall, but we trust Randall because we want to trade everybody to for a guy to play uh, with Randall. I mean, what, what, what's the? I mean, I don't get it. Or Randall's because basically we, we we do a trade like this. We trade uh, like for example for uh, for the little RJ. We trade RJ and quickly and Obi. We trade every those guys. 
It's because we believe that Lillard, Lillard coming here to play with Julius Randle, mm-hmm. that's money we're going to win. Do we I mean, trust it would be Rand- fun. <laughs> you know, that'd yeah. be a fun team to watch, right? It would be fun. Yeah, for, look, for a few years. Yeah, but for a few years. And then they would, I mean, Lillard would leave because he's older and we have Randall playing with Randall, Randall, and Randall. So let me ask you guys this. Do you think acquiring CJ makes more sense in that regard because it would cost less? I know he has his injury history. The thing about it is that Dame and CJ are kind of like two versions of the same player. You really think about it. You know, both kind of small guards, both can shoot. It's just that Dame is just a higher level version of what CJ is. So I don't know what it would cost to get CJ here, but I think that if that's if you're going to make a deal there, that that's going to be the one to do it, um, because you're like I say you're gutting your roster to get Dame here, and if the idea is you want to bring in, you want to slowly develop, and you know you have these young players that you've invested time in, and like Obi Toppin looks like he could be a really good player in this league. Quentin Grimes showed today that he might he has a little something. He was you know a top college recruit for a reason, and R.J. Barrett same thing. So you're just going to throw these guys away and do the same old Nick stuff of getting a 30, a guy who's on the lower end of his prime, you know, and now Dame is a shooter. So shooters last a while in this league, but it's like you guys are saying, like, does this put you over the top? No, it probably keeps you right where you're at. Maybe it makes you a second round team at best. I didn't realize that last, last must be last summer that, uh, McCollum signed a three-year, hundred million deal. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize he was getting paid that much. Yeah, yes, yeah, he is. Because yeah, McCollum is getting, he's let, he's getting a lot of money, superstar money. Mm. So he would take a that spot at uh, so Randall. Yeah, just, when you're Portland, you have to do that, right? You got to overpay yeah. for that guy because you're not attracting the other guys. You know, that's that's the thing about when you're in a market like Portland. That's crazy. You you don't get guys to play with Damian Lillard. It, yeah. It's because, oh, you, you have great players, players will come. No, it's the city. I mean, yeah. when, you have, I mean when you're in a big city with like New York, you need players and, uh, well, front office that works to get attract mm-hmm. players. So, yeah. Any of, the, any of these guys were talking, if they were free agents and we could get them for a, a friendly deal, uh, I would get all of them in free agency, not getting any assets. assets. I mean, so, but trading the, for these guys, for McCollum, with all the injuries, and I would rather have Lillard than McCollum, but Lillard would cost, cost way too more, way too much. Okay, so real quick, so the rapid fire. So CJ and, and or Dame, either yes or no from you guys? No from no. Alex? No, no, and no for me as well. No. All three of us. I just think I, I the think cost is too high, you know. Yeah, and yeah. when you factor in the age and and the way this team is built, because the way I'm looking at it is, you've given Julius the keys, okay. But the idea is supposed to be, you want RJ to develop into that guy eventually, and you, you know these other guys Obi and Quick as well to develop with him, and you bring in a young guard or a young, you know, other piece that's going to be able to grow as well and then once you know julius uh, and then julius could kind of fall back once those guys get into their star status so to speak so so trading for a guy who's in his um who's like 31 32 now just doesn't make a ton of sense from a timeline perspective 
So, so yeah, so it looks like we're passing on that. Blocked by Noel. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. This one, uh, I'm curious to see your guys' thought about this guy. <clears throat> uh, the Nick Killer himself, Ben Simmons, who has not played at all all year, you know, I'm, uh, with friction with the uh, front office there and, uh, and uh, the coaching staff in Philly. What do you guys make of the potential of bringing him in as a piece? Yeah, I saw one earlier about him for, for Julius, <laughs> which I guess is the kind of fit-wise, I guess, would make sense. Mm-hmm. But um, just as in the kind of position they play and uh, and things like that. But, yeah, it's got red flags all over it. But, um, I, yeah, I, I really like him as a player, actually. I think he's very underrated. Um considering what he's done. I think we actually talked right, right at the beginning of the season about him. That yep. I think, you know, he's obviously a fantastic defender. He's a great passer. He's great kind of size for the NBA. He's got everything apart from the obvious, um, the shot. But I just don't think in, in Philly, they, 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 they surrounded him with the, the kind of right kind of players. Do you know that, you know, it should have been shooters around him and just, you know he he can create space so easily and just fire them out to to shooters, but it's such a weirdly constructed roster. I just don't think it played to his strengths, and I think it got to the point where it was a wee bit of a kind of such a mismatch of teams that the team was all about Embiid, um, and yeah, it just did the the fits were terrible in that team. I think, but in the same respect, you know, as I said, there's lots of red flags there that, but. See, sometimes you have to take a risk, and I think he's he's the more kind of sensible option. But just I, I could totally understand why you would take a flyer on him. The, you know, his potential is amazing. Do you know, like he's mm-hmm. he's still relatively young. For a guy like Ben Simmons, you need to get shooters around him, and the Knicks haven't been great shooting the three ball. Sure. So. For the, we, we would trade for him this season, we would basically be losing players because Simmons won't maybe play for another month or when he plays, he needs to get his fill back. So this was a, a throwaway season, basically. If we trade for Ben Simmons, this season was, okay, we're, we're done with this season. This season will just trade half our roster for Ben Simmons because the, 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 the rumors have uh, that are surfacing around is that uh, the, the Philly wants to trade Ben Simmons to Portland for uh, for Damien Lillard. So they they still want a lot for the Ben Simmons. This, this tug of war between Ben Simmons and Philly is still going on. I mean, yeah, he was a great defender. He will get to the rim whenever he wants because he's a great player. I think I, I, love, I, I love Ben Simmons. I would, again... I think we said it a few uh, podcasts ago. Uh, last last year's team take off Alfred Payton and put in Ben Simmons because they both they, they they can shoot the three. Maybe Payton is better, which is uh, which is amazing to say. Payton is better than Ben Simmons in something, but he would fit tremendously sharing the ball, getting spreading the the, the ball around. I mean, it sounds good, but. I don't know. Is our team ready to, to, to fit? I don't think our team fits to well amongst themselves because we have so many players that run to run the, the floor, and then you have uh, our your best player is Julius Randle, who's uh, who slows down the pace. 
So it's our team is uh, doesn't flow well. So if we traded everything, we went to Ben Simmons. I don't know. It's these trades are weird because I think we we as a franchise don't know where we want to go because we if Randall keeps playing like this, do we want to trade all our young players to keep Randall like this? Or we're hoping that we trade for someone like Ben Simmons and uh, Randall will be better. So, Rafa, normally you and I agree on a lot of stuff. I'm going to vehemently disagree with everything you said right there. <laughs> First of all, you said that the Knicks are in a good three-point shooting team. They're actually in the top ten in the league right now, uh, if you guys didn't know that. It, Number it feels, nine. It feels bad then. It feels I know, bad. I know. I mean, there's not a lot of separation. I mean, the best, uh, best three-point shooting team in the league is Charlotte, and they're uh, at – 38% on the year. So, so that's kind of, that's, and we're at uh, 36. So, you know, we're in the mix there yeah, and, yeah, okay. and as far as, so that's the first thing. Ben Simmons gives you everything great except for, except for shooting. Right. We, we understand that. And so the Knicks have good shooters. It's just, there've been times where they just haven't been making shots. Like Fournier is a good shooter. RJ is a good shooter. They've been missing shots. And the thing to think about with Simmons is his value is kind of decreasing now because of how well Maxi has played. Because Maxi's been playing really well, and people are saying, well, we can get by on this guy. How good is Simmons really? And it's like you said, Alex, he's being a little undervalued right now because he's still a guy who could guard all five positions. That, you know, that, isn't, that isn't nothing. You know, and you try to tell me that Thibodeau wouldn't have a field day scheming defenses with Ben Simmons as his his focal point. You know, that that allows Julius to, you know, not be so worn down from playing defense all the time. And with Julius's propensity to shoot threes now, I think the fit makes a lot of sense, uh, even with Julius on there. The question is, what do you got to give up to get him? And that's that's what I'm kind of curious about. Like, what would Philly want? Because Philly wants somebody ascending. I mean, is it RJ? Is it is it RJ and quickly? You know, is it? Who knows? But the big question for me uh, is the personality fit, right? That's that's my big question about him. I, I don't think uh, Randall and Simmons could coexist on the team. I think you know, certainly they could have. I, I know Ben Simmons is supposed to be a point guard, but he's really a point forward. Mm-hmm. I think. I think him and Randall would be bumping into each other. Just, I, I, yeah, I don't, don't like that fit at all together. Um, well, let's so go ahead and throw out there, let's say Julius is the centerpiece then for that mm-hmm. trade. Sure. Okay, then you slot in OB as your four. And yeah. does that fit work? Much better. Right. Yeah. So there's a world where you could you could talk yourself into it. And so if you're really looking <laughs> into like Ben versus Julius is what, who gives you what Julius gives you the scoring, gives you the shooting, but Ben gives you the defense, gives you the playmaking, gives you the passing ability. And your, your question then becomes, obviously it would take Julius and probably some other pieces to make that work. But, you know, I I would kind of look at, I I would definitely take a hard look at, I think if you could get somebody like Ben Simmons, you do it. But again, you're probably, you need to play him like the Bucks play Giannis. You know, that's, that's the way you have to look at. It. Everybody's basically com- comparing this guy to playing like Luca or playing like Trey Young, you know, as a more traditional point guard. When the reality is, he he really plays more the way Giannis plays, and that's why it doesn't work with 
right? That's why it doesn't work with Embiid, you know, because yeah. Embiid just gets in the way. You know, <laughs> in Milwaukee, you, they just throw Brooke Lopez into the corner or Bobby Portis into the corner and let Giannis work. And, you know, when you when he's not doing that, he's posting up, which Ben can do. And then you're letting Drew or Chris Middleton do it. In this case, it would be, you know, RJ, quickly, Fournier, whoever else creating. So I think if you could get them, you, you, you know, you definitely kick the tires on that idea. Yeah. Picking up on what you said about uh, the Bucks putting uh, Brooke Lopez in the corner, he can shoot a few threes. Our centers can't shoot threes. So right. we would maybe get, a center that could mm-hmm. or maybe slot all be at the five because uh, he hasn't that would make sense at the five. i mean if if you get ben simmons he's your defensive guy so your five no. can't be so it can be not a as defensive this in my mind something like you that. to get him in you need to rework the way you yeah. look at the center position right now because currently exactly. they're like we want a rim runner who could block shots and whatever he gives us on offense is a bonus You bring in Ben Simmons, you need to rethink that strategy a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. And that's why if you trade for Ben Simmons, if you have Randall, it uh, kind of makes it weird. Because if you mm-hmm. want to play for Randall, you can't play for both Randall and Simmons. Because With that being weird. said, I would still consider it. I still think it's a, sure. he's a player yeah. whose who's skill set is, is worth reshaping a little bit of the roster or, or the approach. Um, so final answer on Ben. It's going to be a yes from me, Alex. Well, like, like they all are, depending on the price. I mean, the, sure. the Sixers initially were asking for a ridiculous amount um, for him, but you you know that's not the final value. You know his right. price is going down all the time. But, yeah, if it's a reasonable value, why not? Yeah, go for sure. it. Rafa? Yeah, bang on. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move it to one that Alex had sent uh, today, I think. Um, Brandon Ingram of the Pelicans. Ingram, of course, was part of the Anthony Davis deal. Said that got him over from New Orleans to L.A. He went over to New Orleans along with a lot of other guys who a couple of them, most of them aren't even with the team anymore, I don't think. But, you know, he seems to be ascending, scores a lot of points on a really lo- bad losing team. So. What were we thinking about the potential bringing in Brandon Ingram? Yeah, if we could get him for Kimba Walker, Forney, <laughs> and a first round pick. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, his his values come down a bit as well, just because he's playing in such a trash team that you know, you know, he's been kind of marginalized a bit. I mean, I, I love him as a player. I think he's a great player. And his his contract's not the end of the world, to be honest. The value of it, but yeah, he he just needs to get out of there. Yeah, it's a horrible team he's on. But yeah, no, I, re- I really like him uh, at both ends of the court as well. I think I think he Tibbs would love him as well. So yeah, if there's a way of getting him, I, I know that trade proposal was ridiculous, but yeah, if there was a way of getting him for a relatively good deal, then yeah, I'd be all in. If there was a way of kind of enticing some teams, I, I don't know if with the picks, you know, especially the future picks, I mean, there's probably still teams around the lead. And I, I know I said I didn't didn't really value first round picks as much as some people, but th- there's probably still a lot of uh, teams around the league that don't trust the Knicks and that, you know, that they're going to be a perennial all-star team, uh, that 
you know, it's all going to blow up in the face at some point and future picks are actually going to be quite valuable uh, potentially for the Knicks. But yeah, if there's a way of getting them, I'm all in for that, yeah. I like Brendan Ingram. I think he he's uh, he's a great player, but the way I see it, I mean, if you try if you trade for Brendan Ingram, RJ Barrett is has to be in that deal. Yeah, I think I think he, it's giving up on on RJ Barrett, and I'm not ready for that. Uh, I know he is not he hasn't been the superstar still or the star we 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 hope he is and we want him to become, but I I'm still not ready to give up. If up on RJ, I think we need to to keep him here and we move pieces around and try to because we want to we went to 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 make uh, RJ Barrett a superstar or a star. So we need to maybe play more uh, around him, and we haven't done that. So if you want if you want your guy to develop into a star, you need to put him in the position to be that the, the, the guy and try to develop that. And he hasn't been there. So I like Ingram. If, but if there was a way we could get Ingram and RJ, I'll be all up in that. Uh, I love Brandon Ingram, but I don't know. If it, if it means trading RJ Barrett away, I say no. Everything that involves seeing RJ Barrett in another, another shirt is not the next shirt, I say no. I agree. That's my sticking point as well. You're looking at a situation where the Pelicans are going to do anything they can to keep Zion happy. What will make Zion more happy than bringing his best friend from college over? If if they're going to trade Brandon Ingram, they're if you're not coming with RJ Barrett, they're going to say no. Again, Rafa, I'm with you. I don't really want to give up on RJ yet. I just feel like intangibly he brings so much to the table, and he's shown flashes over the past month that you know he has a little bit more of the creation ability now. He's you know taking the ball to the rack strong. The shot's starting to come back. And I think there's something there that we're, we might see unlocked next year. Uh, I was hoping it would happen this year, but it just hasn't happened yet. But Ingram, too, it's like I always worry about guys who put up big numbers on bad teams. You know, it's just like, yeah, sure, you're dropping 22 a game now for a team that's lost, you know, more than any other team has lost in the league, I think. But what, how does that impact when you're on a playoff team? It's, it's kind of one of the reasons why Fournier hasn't, has been a little bit of a disappointment, right? Because you know, he was he was balling in Orlando, you know, when they weren't like super super good, but now he's he gets to a team that's trying to get top five, top six into the East, and you know you're you're starting to question the fit. And uh, with Ingram, I just I don't know if it, if it means giving up RJ, it's it's a big no for me. Let's get back to Black the last player that we want to discuss, which I left him for last on purpose because I think that he, he is probably the most likely target uh, of the team. And that's uh, Indiana center, Miles Turner, who's been um, super disappointed with his role on the Pacers, says he feels like he's more than just uh, a role player. And he feels like that's how the team is treating him. So um, what do you guys think about bringing in uh, Miles Turner as a Nick? Well, I mean, Rafa mentioned it already earlier that it's, it's really frustrating having two centers that can't shoot for a start. But Rafa, you never mentioned the fact that n- neither of them are really good rebounders either. They're basically really good shot blockers. And yeah, Noel's probably a better kind of kind of um, 
don't know the right way I put it, but I mean, he does a lot more work, de- uh, defensive work away from the rim, but they're very limited, both of them. It's just kind of frustrating how ni- neither of them are, are kind of, they, we can't adapt and we can't have a kind of blend of blend at that position. Maybe somebody that's less of a less of a rim runner, but he can you know can shoot the three or and then you know kind of mesh them together so that you know depending on who we're playing, um, who we're up against, because it just they, they they do seem just too similar at the moment. Um, I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd like Miles Turner. I've never been a huge fan of his, but. You know, he he certainly would be an improvement on the two we have just now. I think. I mean, if he wants a bigger role in a team, how big of a role would he get in the Knicks? Because he obviously wants to get more uh, offensive, more offensive game going through him. But and how many would, how much would he get with the Knicks? If it's, especially if we keep Randall with the team, yeah. Then how much would he get? I think he would be in the same situation here with the Knicks because we won't he won't make him a two a sec our second option or our first option. Yeah. Is he not going to be in the same position as you say that he has with Sabonis? So, so right yeah. now he's probably fourth fiddle in Indiana, right? Behind Sabonis, Brogdon, and probably Levert as well. Yeah. Um, so he so you would ask, okay, he would probably want to be the second or the third option, I guess, on a good team. First option on a bad team. And so here he, I mean, obviously Julius is always going to be the first option. We know that. And then your second option, I mean, who's your second option right now? Is it RJ? Is it Rose whenever he's in? Is it Fournier? No, not the last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem. With the yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's the curse of having yeah. all these pretty good players, but not great players yeah. is that, you know, you, you, you under, you have an understanding who number one is. It's Julius. But, but Who's How good two? of a first option has Randall been? Well, not nah, not that's, a good first option, thing. but that's yeah. who your first option is. The, the, the last the last good game we in in, in a couple of weeks we had was a uh, maybe the best against the Spurs, mm. and it was it was the RJ Barrett show, yeah, basically. And Randall t- today when we needed them the most because uh, Randall, please do something tonight. He had eight points. Yeah, so it's. It's kind of hard. We're getting in a position that uh, the Randall is not getting clear cuts as the our first option, and we have uh, spot up second options. Randall does it someday. Obi has been doing it. He's been a a good player. And in, in the Raptors game, we gave it Obi the ball because he was the one knocking them down, and we gave him the ball if if he was a better three point shooter. That game was ours because he had some good looks from three. So it it's a struggle. We're struggling offensively, and I mean Miles Turner wouldn't be that that answer. Well, we're struggling defensively as well, but uh, I don't think Miles Turner will be that answer. Yeah, I think he's right now. He's better than Mitch and Noel. He would be a great starting uh, three uh, center, and he had the three the three point shot, and we say we we need it. But if we really wanted three, a center that could shoot threes, maybe in free agency would have we could have tried to get someone instead of Noel. Uh, Here's so my, my issue with, with Turner. Turner does two things the Knicks really want. Block shots. He's the best shot blocker in the league, statistically. And yeah. make threes. He does both of those things. But the problem is he wants that expanded role, right? 
So exactly. the player that makes more sense in that capacity is Mo Bamba, right? Because he's a guy who rebounds. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who can block shots. And he, yeah, I mean, he's not a great three-pointer. He shoots about 32% on the year. But still, you know, that's serviceable from a big man. So I think if you're going after, like, a, a potential stretching center who could still give you rim protection, you go after Mo Bamba. And it's just a matter of if Orlando wants to part ways with him or not. But that would be the way I would I would approach it. I just feel like because of the role he would want, you would, again, be stunting RJ's growth. Because you bring him in, you're going to be asking RJ to fall back even more. And he's already fallen back. And I think we need to get him more involved as opposed to less involved. So for me, Miles Turner's a no. As appealing as the three-point shooting is, and the shot blocking is because I think he's a great player. You know, I'm not trying to diss Miles Turner, but I just think that because of the role he wants, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. So no. On so it looks Turner. like no on Miles Turner. All right. Yeah. So we Black would only trade well. Ben Simmons. And De'Aaron <laughs> Fox. <laughs> And then De'Aaron Fox or nothing, guys. Oh, also, I wouldn't mind uh, getting a little, getting a little Shea Gilgis Alexander in the uh, in oh, New York. Yeah. That that'd be nice. Ooh, but uh, that would I'll, be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if uh, they're gonna get rid of him though. Is he not another good uh, stats and bad team player? That's that's the big question as well. Yeah, you gotta wonder about that. Uh, I mentioned so, I mentioned to you guys on the on the, the the whatsapp group that's a, a the pacers are imploding right so yeah everybody's saying miles turner and lavert the only guy i would think would help us this year brogdon we we can't trade for him <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's brogdon yeah because he's the, maybe the guard the point guard that we uh we needed or the, we need right now because i burks is doing a serviceable job but serviceable he's not a long-term solution at the position i mean we all know that right Exactly. So with that in mind, do we think that there is a trade coming? Uh, I don't think um, this year, during the season, no. Maybe the offseason. Okay. Maybe the yeah. offseason. So with that in mind, though, are the Knicks going to be buyers or sellers now? Are they going to try and you know leverage for superstar talent, or are they just going to try and dump salary moving forward? Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be moving more towards the, the superstar move. Yeah, trying to kind of reduce the the number of players on the roster. I mean, we know Tibbs likes a short rotation, so having fourteen serviceable players is 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 kind of pointless in this situation when where we want to be, we want to push on with the playoffs. We we need to kind of shorten the roster uh, roster a bit and try and get more quality and less less players. What you need to do is get, you know, maybe uh, six, seven really, really top players and then, you know, pick up pick up the role players and the, the guys to fill out the, you know, draft well, basically. Um, we've got guys in now that are, you know, are supposedly great, great with the draft. That That's how you fill out your roster. Um, get these guys in and cheap. You know, obviously, uh, you're going to be drafting lower down in the draft, but that, that means that the, these guys are coming in in sh- a cheaper contracts. So that's the way to do it, you know, but it's great having all these really good players, but yeah, I think we need a few more great players. <laughs> so I think that's definitely the road that's gone down. It's no, 
you know, we've got a we've got um a president that's you know an ex agent. We've got uh we've got uh Wes in there as well, uh who's supposed to be the Star Whisperer, though he's not done much of that yet. But that's clearly the intention. That's clearly the road to go. What do you mean he hasn't done much, Alex? He he says well, hello to every single star player that comes and plays the Knicks. He just dabs him up real quick, you yeah. know. The, that's, and, uh, he's putting in work. Yeah. <laughs> he inspired a podcast as well. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think we're saying put because the if we went to depth due to to dump salary, I mean the, the big contracts we just got this year is Fournier, Randall, and I don't think we're trading. If you, you, you put that much that much money on Fournier, you believe in him to trade him in half a season. So he's staying here. The only thing I might see the Knicks do do is uh, try and get a, a someone to take Kemba for, mm-hmm. for the eight million. Maybe we give Kemba in the pick or two second rounders or something for another a second rounder or something just to try and dump Kemba off somewhere to get that eight million back. That's the only move because the only we, we, Randall can't be moved if we sign Noel. So maybe I don't know if if there if there's a good deal for us to dump a guy like Mitch to put not dump it's it's harsh saying that bit but to trade Mitch for someone. Well, the idea of, is you want to trade Mitch now because he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I was going that to, mm-hmm. instead of losing Mitch for nothing, trying to trade him for for something. Yeah, I don't know what that something because I don't think his value is that high of because of all the injuries and he's the way he's been playing this year. I think we will wait until the last possible minute to see if what we what we do with uh, Mitch because if, we, if we're obviously trading Mitch into the second uh, second unit is we tr- we're trying to get Mitch going to see what what can we what can we do with him. I think Mitch wants more money than uh, we're thinking of giving him because he hasn't proven himself a lot. That's, I think that's the, the, the war that's between the front office and Mitch. And, but we're trying, if we, we, we didn't believe in him, we wouldn't put him, we wouldn't try and change things for him. The thing about this front office that I've noticed is that they are not going to make a panic move. They, they just don't do that. You know, everything they've shown us is that they're not freaking out. They have backup plans and I think them signing Fournier was very much all in the cards the whole time because of the type of player they wanted to attract and the type of upgrade they wanted to make. Now it hasn't worked out so far, but that, that wasn't like a, we're like, Oh shit. Our guy that we really wanted is off the table. We got to go ahead and sign this guy. Now going back to Mitch kind of brings us. So a few games ago, uh, Tibbs made a decision to bench Mitch or not bench, to take him out of the starting group and put him, have him coming in off the bench. And the idea here was that it would be for better conditioning purposes so he could get back right. And in the, in the meantime, Noel is going to be starting. So um, do you guys think that both for the team and for Mitch, this was the right decision? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's Mitch is, is quite unreliable and I, I don't think that's the kind of guy you need kind of in times of trouble like this and, in a starting role, I think you want somebody who's a bit rock solid and and kind of you know what you're getting with him. Mitch can Mitch is so up and down that I think yeah, just until he gets himself right, I think it's I think it was the right call. But 
Sorry, just just to go back to Kemba for one quick moment. Um, I was just thinking that a lot of people were talking about the fact they're holding on to him till the summer to to kind of package him in a big deal. But to be perfectly honest, I think that uh, Kemba is you know the whole situation with Kemba is just it's becoming a it's becoming a thing. <laughs> Do you know he's just mm-hmm. he's on the bench, he's visible, and it's. It's not. It can't be helping with the locker room at the moment. Just that whole situation, that whole kind of uh, hanging over the team at the moment. Um, I would, I would see him as going to get moved quicker, quicker than that. I think there are other moves that they can do in the summer in packages like that. But if there's a move there, I think they'll move him sooner rather than later. But, but yeah, but, but yeah, possibly with Mitch. Uh, just bringing it back to back to Mitch. Um, I think. Yeah, I think if there's a move out there for Mitch and Kemba, they'll, they'll take it. So I don't think I can't. The, the more I see it, the, I think they're, they're beginning to give up on Mitch a little bit. Yeah, I mean they've given him time, right? And he, you know, he's had setbacks, and it just it doesn't seem like it's working. And I think it's time to really consider that, you know, maybe you have Nerlens locked up for a couple more years, and. You know, you just drafted Jericho Sims, and whether you're going to sign somebody in free agency or trade for a center, you have to kind of start thinking about that because if Mitch doesn't end up turning it around by the end of the year, I mean, it's over. They're not going to re-sign him. You know, he's not going to break the Charlie Ward curse. But uh, like he was a second-round pick, so he wouldn't be breaking the curse. But, still. but what if he what if he lowballs the money? If we can get him cheap for another two years? Because Mitch last year when he went down, we suffered a, a bit because he mm-hmm. was playing re- really good last year. Right. He was only behind blocks. I think it was it was to Miles Turner, right? It was something uh, like that. Yeah, was, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was playing like okay, this is Mitch. This is the Mitch we thought we were going to ha- get for a couple of years. So Mitch Mitch has some flashes. He has been injury prone. Yes. But that's why you got get a guy like Noel, so you can share more minutes with with, with Mitch. And this season, he's coming back from a, a, a year long uh, injury because that's basically it. He played what 30 year games last year, something like that, I think. Um, and he's coming back from that, and he's coming back a different player because he played in a, in a way in all this weight that he got and all this muscle he got. He needs to adapt his game. And you, you see him, he plays 25 minutes, and when he comes off, you can see him just struggling to get to the three-point line, just uh, <gasps> getting tired, like he's, he hasn't played basketball in forever. So getting you in the second unit, I, I see it, I agree with it. I think he has been better in the second unit than he has been playing with his first unit a bit, but... When uh, Alex mentioned the rebounding, our centers aren't uh, rebounding the ball well. The way we play, you see our center fighting three or four guys from the other team alone. And that wears down our centers. Noel and or Gibson or even in Mitch, it wears down because they had a f- the fight to the crowd to get a, a rebound, especially offensively. I mean, they're, they're always alone in the paint. If there was another center, another power forward that would be in the paint fighting for the rebounds, maybe that would help us a, a bit. Just a sidetrack. But I think this can help Mitch getting the second unit. He against the Bucks, he played like he played, I think, just under 20 minutes. 
I just saw it. I forgot 20 or under 20 or 21. So getting this conditioning back, getting him to play, uh, the, the, getting to adapt with this new uh, match that we have now. And like I said, I think we're going to last minute, see if we trade him or if we can get him to a, a nice deal, friendly deal, just like a one year deal, see if he can get, get it going again. Maybe we keep it instead of trading him. The question that you come across with that is, all right, so he might want to be giving you a uh, a discount deal, but what if some scrub team just goes in and offers him a, a bigger contract? You know, I'm pretty sure because he was a second-round pick, he's going to take that money. Yeah. So that's where I, I kind of think that Mitch's time here might be coming to a close, unless he just has a crazy second half of the year and proves something and, and you know, they want to – commit to him financially. I think the real issue is that I think it's been reported that it's not the money, but it's the years. I think the Knicks only want to do it for like two or three years when Mitch wants a four-year deal. And so, which makes sense. He, he wants to secure some money because, you know, he's had injuries period. So, you know, we'll see how that, uh, how that evolves and, and throughout the year. Last thing I want to talk about, just touch on this real quick before we get to our game picks and stuff is, the, um, the issues with Julius this year, you know, the something's been off, right? The the result, the the shots aren't falling. The body language has been bad. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys think the issue is? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a real it's a real worry right now. Um, we we've talked a lot about this 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 season, but yeah, the the the, the shoulders slumping, the the lack of kind of leadership. It's that that worries me more than the missed shots. He's now started going back into almost Julius from from two years ago, um, which which is a frightening thought. Now, he's he's not bringing out the spin move quite so much, but just that kind of that kind of indecision and just driving into into traffic and and it's he, there's so many times recently where he's had an open shot at the top of the key, and I know it's like he's not shooting well, but you get an open shot, you've got to take it. It's just, and he's not the only one. Uh, I noticed Obi's quite bad for it as well. And I know Obi's shooting 18, 19% or whatever from three, but that kind of, he's got an open three in the corner and he's, he, he does the fake and drive and drives into traffic. And it's just, it's so frustrating. And it's, you know, the way you almost want them to shoot their way out of this, this kind of slump at the moment. That because they're being left open for a reason, but they they've got to take the shot if it's open. It's just so frustrating. I don't know why. To be fair, I don't know why Obi's out be, getting left out on the out in the the three point line for the, in the first place, but because he's not a, he's not a shooter yet. But you know, if he if he's out there and he's open, he's got he's got to take it. Um, I think it's 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 brilliant. and you can see Tibbs sometimes getting frustrated. Um. You can see him kind of mouth and take the shot, take the shot on, on the sidelines. And... Oh, I think we 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 kind of uh, talked about this at the, the last few pods because this Randall issue has been coming up with the uh, Knicks fans. Last year's Randall really gave him um, the attention this year, and he needs to understand that and needs to learn how to play around that. Yeah, the this, the issue comes from. Uh, him adapting himself to to this year, to uh, 
he's getting more attention because he was the most improved player last year. He's get so obviously he's going to get more attention. The du- when he gets the ball, the double team is coming. That's why every time he drives, there's uh, the bodies in front of him trying to steal the ball. And all the turnovers that he gets, it's uh, him but basically losing control of the ball. So I think his ball handling has been a little lackluster, say the, let's say it like this. But again, we, we run into the same problem. Our offense is not running well. We're not running the offense for anybody because – What 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 do you do when you, a guy uh, like your first, your star is struggling? Okay, let's try and create good shots for him. And Randall never gets a, a good shot. He always needs to force him. People say, "Oh, Randall is isolating again." Yeah, because in the, in the, in the shot clock, we didn't we we've we've run around, done nothing, and then there's six seconds left uh, left, and we give the ball to to Randall to try and do something, and then he misses, and then he people get frustrated at. But he has been, I mean, for example, this, this the Bulls game, uh, that comeback, he played great defense. He was playing great. And he's trying to, even if he's not, he's lost confidence in his shot right now because he's not shooting the ball as much as he, he was, he, he tries to help the team in other ways because he, he always gets, uh, when he's struggling uh, shooting the ball, he gets more assists, tries to fight for the rebounds. I mean, he tries to find ways to help the team. But we need, if we want to win, we need that Randall from last year to hit the big shots and get the points that he's not getting. 19 points of Randall for us to for us to win is not enough. It's sad, but it's not enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of it's like empty stats now too. Like you know, he'll he'll get his points and stuff, but like the efficiency is just down from last year. And to me, it's not even missing the shots, like you said, Alex. It's it's, it's the body language. It's It's being overly passive when the shots aren't falling. It's just like it just feels like the guy's confidence has been broken, you know. And um, and you hate to see that from a guy you just paid a bunch of money to. So, I guess is it too early, guys, to suggest that if you know extending him this off season was a bad idea? I think it is. I mean, if you, you get an extension to that, to the, like the one we gave to Randall, you can't trade him right away. Like just what I said with with Fournier, if you give that kind of contract, you can't give up on the players in six months or three months or four months. I mean, I mean, you you've done it. You have to try and turn things around. By the way, things of shooting and confidence. This game against the Bucks. I mean, Kevin Knox had some terrible shots, but he was shooting. And he, I'm open. I'm shooting. I don't care. I miss. I will hit something. And. That's a guy who's on the bench trying to show something. I mean, I, I, I didn't catch. If the, only the we fr- all had the confidence that Kevin Knox <laughs> has behind the three-point line, I mean, we would just be. Uh, we, we'd be doing all right. But it's what <laughs> Alex was saying. You're open, shoot. I'm open. I'm shooting. I mean, I didn't catch the first uh, the first half of the game. I wasn't uh, I wasn't home, but I was looking at the stat. I'm like, wait, Kevin Knox is the guy with the most shots coming off the bench. I mean, uh, what? I, I wasn't watching the game, so I didn't. Uh, I was okay. This is kind of weird, but when I saw the rest of the game, yeah, Kevin Knox is open or slightly open. He shoots. We need that. Randall's passing up shots. RJ was passing up shots quickly. Sometimes he's passing up shots, and sometimes he's having bad shots. I mean, we're all over the place, and maybe we they could have done. They could have be more like Knox. I'm open. I'm a good. I, I can hit the shot. I take it. 
the kind of year that Julius had last year, you've got, I mean, you had to pay him. You couldn't just let him walk. I mean, but just, just let's just be thankful that we never let him held on until this summer where he was going to get a hell of a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, plus the fact he took a discount as well. So I think we've, we've kind of lucked out from that respect if he does end up not ever getting back to, to what he was last year. But it's, it's a frustrating one because you can see when a player does that, yes, it's a contract year and all that kind of stuff, but you know that he's capable of that. So it's like, what do I have to do to get him back to that? And that's where that's where good coaching comes in. Um, they've got to see, well, what's it going to take to unlock last year's Randall again? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've got to got to trust the coaching a little bit more. We we've talked last week about the fact that him and Tibbs have, have gained a little bit of uh, leeway as to as to you know if it's going badly. But yeah, you really don't like to see uh, what what's going on at the moment. You know, you need your leaders to stand up and kind of pull everybody together and, and kind of knock some heads together. Um, and I just don't see that from him. So. It's really frustrating. And um, one uh, thing I want to add to that to close this out is they had to extend him because they have to send the message that they're going to take care of their guy. And because that was the big knock on, on being a Nick was that uh, whatever, they'll just, they don't care about, you know, developing their, their brought in talent. They're just going to, you know, trade everybody away anyway. You know, there's bad organizations. So, they're like showing, okay, we're going to go ahead and talk to this guy about extending early because we believe in him and we're investing in him in the future. And yeah, he's having a rough patch. He's having a rough go this year so far. You know, we're hoping that he's going to turn it around, but I think that 10 times out of 10, the team still signs that contract and still offers him that contract. So is he putting too, too much pressure on himself? I think so. I think, I think he so. is. I think he, he, like he feels like the leader of the team I mean, like we all see maybe he is he's putting too much pressure on himself and when he fails a bit he just crumbles down he wants to win in new york so badly like you know that you've heard him say that you know he wants to be like looked at like Melo is, is looked at like patrick ewing was looked at like bernard king was looked at before him and he wants to be the one who makes New York relevant again. I think that really matters to him. So when he struggles and when the team is losing, it eats at him inside. You could tell. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that he could bust out of it because when he is doing well, you see he starts enjoying himself. Like, it hasn't happened a lot, but there have been a couple games where he's been on and he's really been he, – he's been putting it together and he's been been able to – you see the joy that's coming. He's like, okay, okay, now – I'm dialing up again. Now I'm doing this. It was like you saw when he was playing in, in against, it was in the Bulls game, you know, where, you know, he was playing well and, you know, you could see every time he was getting into the paint, he was, he was getting involved in that kind of thing. So uh, hopefully more of that to come and that uh, you could bust out of the slump and, and uh, the team could get back to winning soon. But uh, speaking of winning and losing, let's get into the uh, game pick and charity bet recap. Uh, Alex, how we do this week? We'll start off with the, the 10 picks. I had another ter- terrible, <laughs> terrible week. So I only got four points, uh, bringing me up to a total of 41. Uh, Omar, you had, you, had, you had another good week. Um, you got your, your doubler 
for the Warriors to beat the Blazers. Uh, so you got seven points overall, tying it up with me on 41. Um, Rafa, you got, you managed to get seven right, and not including your doubler. Uh, so you got seven points as well. So you're up onto 47. So a bit of a basement battle going on down with me and Omar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're keeping it going, so that's good. The charity bet—that's uh, why I didn't get my my doubler right. I took my charity bet and took that as my doubler. I had faith in my charity bet. We we tried to change tactics a little a little bit this week, yeah, where we picked three of the worst teams in the league to um to win. It's just the way it, just the way it worked out, and it nearly came off. the The only one we got wrong was was my one, um, which was the Raptors to beat OKC. Come on, Which, man. They beat us and they don't beat them. <sighs> but I mean, it's yeah, OKC are obviously terrible. I mean, they, OKC have got two, two, um, two decent players basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought, you know, yes, the Raptors have got a lot of players out at the moment, but I thought that you know, good coach. You know, at the, the end of the day, they've got good defensive schemes. I thought that that'll be enough to handle two decent players in OKC. So, yeah, they were minus seven and a half as well. Yeah, that was maybe a bit of a red flag, but uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't work out that one. And I was I was gutted because I thought you you had, uh, I think it was you, Omar had the, the Rockets yep. to beat the Nets, wasn't it? Yep, yep. And then... Uh, Rafi, you had the Kings minus seven to beat the Magic, which came in as well. So, yeah, we're good. We've got to get one of these sooner or later. This is oh, we're uh, so close, man. We're so close. We got we had two good ones there, and then uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, I would have taken probably Toronto as well, just because. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. see, man. And, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. And, when and we were in Toronto. we were talking about the picks, we all we we talked about. My pick was it was which was the Kings and Omar picks the Rockets and so for us the Raptors was a uh, yeah the Raptors are, are done. Let's no Omar Rafa. Let's maybe see what uh, your picks are kind of strange. No though you you we 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 man. Got it. <laughs> I was like I I made the pick. I was like please please Houston don't lose by thirty and they like <laughs> just like yeah, they, you, they you, went one straight up and I was like holy shit like I didn't think they'd win straight up. You know, I thought they would keep it close because the Nets are on the back-to-back, no Durant, you know, and uh, but they they won, I think, by nine or ten, and I was like, geez, mm. I mean, the Rockets are low-key, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. It's kind of crazy. Mm. I think they won seven of nine. It's, it's insane. Well, that's um, something, something for Knicks fans to think about, that how quickly it can turn around. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about the slate next week. Three games coming up. Uh, interesting games. So we Tuesday we um, host the Warriors, best team in the league. That should be fun on a night where potentially Steph Curry could break Ray Allen's three point record because he was not able to do that against Philly last night. And then on Thursday we visit the aforementioned Rockets for our second matchup of the year with them. And then on Saturday we wrap up the week in Boston against the Celtics. So, what do we think, guys? How's it going to go? I think the, I think the Warriors have just just lost the last one, didn't they? Think, yeah, against uh, Philly. I think they just uh, got yeah. beat by Philly. So yeah, they'll be. Yeah, I think the Curry thing's gonna gonna be enough to get them through that nice and easy. So yeah, don't want to be super negative, but I'll go one one and two this week. 
maybe maybe we stop the the Houston juggernaut and uh, <laughs> pick up that one. I think uh, Boston are still struggling a little bit, but yeah, I think that they probably feel like they owe us one as well. So I think that could be a tough one. So and it's in Boston as well. So yeah, I'll go one and two. I'll go. I'll go pick up the Houston one. I know they've been playing well, but. I think this might be a, a, a tough week if uh, we still don't know if what Obi and RJ or how, how long are they out with the team. And uh, even Burks, I don't know, personal reasons, it doesn't uh, give us much. Well, he has, uh, he had a kid, is what it was. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, congr- congratulations, Burks. Congratulations, Alec yeah. Burks. I think it's his third child. What? Damn, what? Nick, a, what a, Nick's must have the most uh, fertile team. In the I league swear, league. man. Jesus. Isn't it great? Like this year, it was just Julius, Obi, Taj, and now Alec Burks. And Rose is getting married, so you, he's yeah, coming. Yeah. The kid is coming soon. But what a so, December for uh, November, December for Burks, huh? Starting starting point guard for the New York Knicks and having a child now. Great. Uh, on top of the world, man. On top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, speaking as a parent, wins. it is yeah, having a child, yeah, that that's the downside. Starting for the next is it is that the good part or is that the is that the <laughs> your balance out? <laughs> don't, don't have kids anymore. Arma. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I love okay. I love my kids sometimes. Uh, yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh so um <laughs> And that was the one drinking, eh? Okay. So I mentioned this was maybe a tough week. I don't know, man. And we're so we've played the last couple of weeks, we played great against the Hawks. We had a good game against Bulls and Nets, and then we struggle against uh and then we struggled a bit. So I don't know. Maybe the Warriors, uh, obviously Curry is gonna break the record with sh- shooting like 23s that game, uh, because it's Curry and it's MSG, so yeah. Uh the Rockets. I mean, I'm scared. They're, if they're that hot, I'm scared. And the Celtics, I mean, it's a, a coin toss between these two teams. I don't know. We, I'm scared, but we might go zero and three this week. But I'm trying to be positive and say I'll I will try and be positive and say we'll go two and one. Hmm. So who's so you're saying lose to Golden State and beat Houston and Boston? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Now, now when you say it like that, it's <laughs> changing your mind. No, Maybe one and two. Positive. Maybe one and two. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so having been a Knicks fan for over 20 years, I understand about perspective with this team. Okay. Like uh, the sky is not falling as people on Twitter would have you believe. The team is, is, is not playing great in their play. They're looking kind of mediocre, but I don't think it's, it's not. It's been a lot worse. Let's put it that way. So, I think what's going to happen is that they're going to they're going to get up for Golden State because they always get up for the good teams coming into the Garden. You know, they always play them hard. I think they're still going to lose. Golden State's just on another level, but they're going to lose to Golden State. And then, but if it's a close loss, I think they'll be able to rebound and win against Houston. But I think they'll probably end up losing losing to Boston just because of where the team is at right now. So, um. I'm going to go one and two as well as, as just as Alex said. So I'm hoping we're wrong. You know, obviously we hope that the Knicks win every game, but you know, team's not looking great right now. We just um, need a, we need a, a statement win to kind of turn this, this season around. That would be golden state if it was possible, but golden state is just playing so well right now. 
how many statement statement wins we need. I mean, we we talked about oh this win against the Hawks and this game against the Nets. Yeah, we're getting it going. I mean, the Nets was a loss though; it wasn't a statement win. So no, yeah, uh, but the 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 Hawks were we had a good game, yeah, oh, yeah. winning in Atlanta. What a statement win! And the game against the Nets and against the Bulls were close games. We're we just have... clinging to anything that gives us hope right now, Rafa. Is what I you mean, need to understand. Okay, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> and uh, I, I know. I mean, I, I, this team is so. Uh, I'm not even mad. I don't. I don't know. I'm just yeah. face it. I'm not mad. You're I'm like just, I'm not mad. Uh, I'm disappointed. You know exactly. the old, the um, ultimate sitcom dad line. And, uh, and <laughs> our two our two best players from the last couple of games, RJ and uh, Obi, arguably for me, they've been the best two players we we've been having offensively at least. They're out, they were out against the Bucks, and I don't know if they're going to play against the Warriors. And against the Rockets because if they're two weeks, so if they're out for two weeks, they're not playing against the the, the the Rockets as well. So I don't know if I don't know what can be this week. They're both vaccinated. I know that. So if they, I think if they have two consecutive uh, negative tests, they'll be okay to play against Golden State. So we got that going for us. So that that's <laughs> so that's. Uh, That's good. But anyway, we've been going on for a long time. It might be our longest episode yet. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, As always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate it. If you uh, use the podcast app you use, allows for a rating podcast. We are available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, everything. If you would like to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast. So we love to connect with fans. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, the DMs are wide open. Love having especially international-based Knicks fans uh, tuning in and coming and join us and just talking Knicks. And once again, on behalf of Rafa and Alex, this is Omar signing off. Worldwide Knicks podcast. Catch you on the next one and go Knicks.